All right. So we've been recording long enough. And good day, everybody. I am the awesome godfather, Jesse Samo. And today on, this is not everything cool. This is too old for cartoons. That's why I have on the shirt. Today, unfortunately, I am solo dolo. But do not fret. We have a special guest in the building. And normally we don't typically have guests on tour for cartoons. But, you know, me, Gabe, Brown, she was talking about a long time about, hey, let's bring in some guests, getting different, you know, thoughts, opinions. Actually, this the second guest, because the first one was um, 242 Cosplay Nation. But enough with the cosplay. We talk about cosplay a lot. Let's get into gaming. And on today's show, we have... Mr. Michael. I never could pronounce your last name. <laughs> I'd be like, Armagon. I was like, well, I don't want to mess up your name. You take it from there. You know what? That's actually better than a lot of people have gotten it. Okay. And that was... What's the what's the rating on the show? The rating? Um, I mean, more from 1 to 10. P- PG? Let's keep it PG. 13. <laughs> I like to know that, especially since I typically do things PG 13 anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's a lot better than a lot of people have tried it. Okay. I've heard even up to Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> just saying, if you if you're the one that called me that, you know exactly who you are. Oh no. <laughs> I don't forget. Because I literally I was like. My seeing you you on Facebook, but I was like, okay, when I save his name, I'm gonna put Michael A. <laughs> I'm not gonna even try. And I'm like, until like normally what I'll do when I get a phone contact, I'm like, hey, put your full name so I get like as I see it, it'll stick. I know that. But welcome to Tool for Cartoons, Michael. Thanks. Watching cartoons separates you from others. Please introduce yourself to our audience. Like, you know, let them know who you are, what you do, and all that good stuff. Because Michael, the crazy thing I was talking when I was talking, discussing who bringing you on, I was like, I met Michael years ago. Like when I when you used to live on the other side of the island. Yep. And then um was I don't think was the game of Federal? I think it was still a thing, but it had, it it didn't reach where it is today until yeah. like you know it was almost like a thought then but it's a whole working organism now and that's just a testament to you know you pushing the issue of creating something of this nature in the bahamas because you we can't forget that part it was in the Bahamas, so it's a whole fight behind you know establishing and as he is signed you can tell <laughs> so everyone like he's mentioned my name is michael Armorgan. um i typically call it um, i'm dry in my throat mm-hmm. so i'll just i won't uh, you know how you roll the art otter mogan what's the origin of that india okay okay hold on 
We we have a we have a knock. Honest. What is it? Bro, I calling your phone and you ain't picking up. I don't hear. I calling your phone. And the crazy thing we already started. Hold on, we 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 keeping us in the show. <laughs> PG has finally came. All right, excuse the lateness. All right, so I could. Um, let me just take down this laptop. You could, I mean, you keep on running. Everything already recording. All right, cool. All right. So now my, I can really get down to business. <laughs> so as you were saying, Michael. Yeah. So my name is Michael Armogan, though a lot of people will just call it Armogan. Um, oh, no. Oh, just thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> just, just thought. But yeah, it's A-R-M-O-G-A-N. I already have a question about that. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I refer to it as Pirate Michael because that sounds like a pirate name. <laughs> it's only because it's like R. <laughs> but funny story, but to answer your immediate question, no. Mm. But uh, there is someone in the States that has made pixel art of me as a pirate. So There's someone you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just was right like, I, said, right I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah. But, um, as for me, I am just a simple person who uh, started my gaming uh, story, I guess you could say, back in the arcades, in the malls, here mm. in the Bahamas. Ah, so, I feel on the Jedi <laughs> Club and the Lair. Yeah. Those are my stomping grounds. Mainly the Lair and Town Center Mall, which Town Center Mall ain't the same thing no more. No. Um, but I would sneak away because my mom had a store in there. I would sneak away almost every day and go into the arcades. I got to the point where they would give me free tokens and people would let me play their games because they're adults and they got to get back to work. They shouldn't be inside there during the day anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so they would be like, hey, wizard, you want to you wanna play? That was my nickname back then. Mm. But uh, yeah, I, that's where I started from. Now, as you mentioned earlier, mm. I've... I'm one of the co-founders of the Bahamas Esports Federation. You don't know what esports is. It's competitive video gaming. Mm. Um, we are recognized by both the Ministry of Sports. Oh, so wow. that's the Ministry of Youth, Sports, and Culture. Don't get it twisted. Mm. As well as the Bahamas Olympic Committee. We're also recognized by two international governing bodies, the International Esports Federation and the uh, Global Esports Federation. We also are under the Esports Coalition of Integrity Commission. So that's the ones that make sure ESL and all the big com uh, gaming groups mm -hmm. are pretty much following the codes of conduct, all the players and stuff like that. If they find someone, they ban them. And that player isn't allowed in the gaming scene. Man, talk to us about the beginning. Because to be recognized not only by local bodies, but international bodies is a tall task within itself. And then you trying to build an organization as well as cultivating a community is also a separate task. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so that one's definitely a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. um, I guess in that way, uh, moving from arcades, you know, arcades, hair closed down. Mm -hmm. A lot of the community started either not really having a community or just playing with their friends at home 
and a few people just saying, hey, come over. We're going to play one day. Mm-hmm. And so there were little smaller groups of people that would just play. But um, for the longest time, I kept hearing, uh, even from early to 2000s, you know, I, I don't know of anyone else that plays this game or that does this. And I didn't know a lot of people that played different games. I played World of Warcraft competitively for years. Yeah. I didn't know of many other Bahamians that played. And it was hard to, especially since there were hundreds of different servers that people could be on. Mm-hmm. I just didn't have a place to find them. Mm-hmm. So, cue me moving to the States for six months, coming back. And saying, okay, I need to do something a little bit more inventive with my time. I was already starting to think about starting up a podcast. That became two different podcasts. One about tech, one about gaming and Mm -hmm. esports. Those are currently on our hiatus, but um, we made around fully around 70 episodes on each one of those before we took a hiatus. Um, From that... The overall branch that I started those podcasts under, More Cookies, Mm -hmm. um, there was actually active. Well, at the time, it was just Blizzard. It was an Activision Blizzard. They held the world championships for Hearthstone here in the Bahamas. Now, that was the first time a... Which year was this? That was 2018, I believe. Okay, this was recently. Okay. And... That was the first time any publisher had ever had something like that down here. And I'm not counting any poker nights or anything like that because mm. they're not gaming. No, they may call themselves gaming. We don't call them gaming. All right. <laughs> um, and I met a lot of people that played. And that started the Hearthstone community here in the Bahamas, where people actually got to meet up and start to play every month pretty much we would have something every month we actually used to meet up at outback okay we we what we talked to the people who ran outback we're like hey we got you know 20 people that want to come in they could bring in their laptops we'll want a large table we'll be ordering food and drinks can you set us up and they're like sure okay and so we just had our thing mind you at the time I didn't know about some other communities that were also happening within the fighting game community. Mm-hmm. So there were other things happening. And I eventually found out about them through happenstance. Mm. Literally, um, my mother was just on a line. And she, because she knew what I was doing, she heard two boys um, that were at BTVI talking about a gaming thing. Okay. So she just turned around and said, hey, can you tell me more? That linked me up with some of the guys from um, Best G, Bahamas yeah. Esports Guild. Okay. That's how I learned about them. And just as things progressed, from, mind you, from 2011, I was already building up on the idea of starting some association, federation, something mm-hmm. that I could actually take, because like I mentioned, I used to do competitive stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. I wanted to find and start something that was competitive that we could actually take to the Bahamas and take us higher. Because if you think about it, even with sports, mm-hmm. before the Golden Girls, people didn't really vouch for us in anything with sports. Yeah. We used to be a laughing stock. And ironically, we had Pauline Davis sitting in exactly that same seat two weeks ago. 
Yeah. And she told a story. Uh, she was the first golden girl and how I transitioned and, you know, the barriers she had to jump through at that time, you know, for track and field to be what it is today. Yeah. Yeah. It, in Canada, before we won that, other Caribbean countries, if you were like from a Caribbean country in one in like Canada or whatnot, and there were other Caribbean countries there, or students from other Caribbean countries, I should say, they'd make fun of us when it came to sports. They're like, oh, when, when y'all finally get a goal, pretty much. Mm. We, could, we couldn't say anything. Cute golden girls. CYC. <laughs> CYC. Yeah. All up in your belly. Yeah. <laughs> so I want us to get to that place. And we've, we've started to get there. So I'm going to get back to that part soon. That said... This started in two, this idea started in 2011. Q 2018, 19 actually. Um, we actually put pen to paper and founded the Esports Federation, the Bahamas Esports Federation, or BESG. Sorry, not BESG. BESF. Mm. Um, from there, we had member organizations join up people that were already in the community mm. um so by this time we had already started a discord mm. but originally started at like 50 to 70 people and that was mainly hearthstone and a few people that just liked anime mm. that was the beginning of the bahamas gamers and otaku discord mm. which is now over two thousand bahamians inside there yeah that's why when i go inside i just like Skim, skim, skim. I know what y'all are talking about. And I ain't got time. They're like sitting this like, all right, y'all booming over here. So my idea was I want somewhere. Remember, mm. I've heard a lot of, I didn't know anyone played XYZ. I didn't know anyone was into this. That's how it always started. I know no, no one I, who was into this. Exactly. Yeah. I, I didn't want that anymore. I wanted a place where we could come together find other people that were into the things that we were into and actually start building communities. That's always been my thing. I built the Hearthstone community because that's what I heard people wanted. I started to build the Rocket League community. Unfortunately, we just don't have a lot of players here for something like that, mm. which is why I want to start building that up, but that's going to take more work. There are a lot of other games very similar, mm. but that's why I wanted to focus on, on BGO mm. because that in my mind, would be the cornerstone to finding everyone else so that we could build on it, which is exactly what was the building blocks for the Federation. Mm. But it sounded like you had a question. No, because Magasu was saying something similar to where um, you would want to start. I think what we was what we spoke about was, uh, I guess, the tournament aspect to where people would say, oh, well, why this, this game tournament isn't a thing? Whereas it's like, well, we have like the Smash community is bigger. Mm -hmm. So that's why they get more tournaments versus some other community or whatever the case may be. So, yeah, that actually really does depend on the community. Mm -hmm. There are a number of games that we've put out there over the years to say like, okay, let's see what the interest is. So we put out like Grand Blue. We maybe get five to seven people show up. We put out Tekken. We'd get maybe 10 to 12. We put out Street Fighter, we maybe get 20. 
we put out rock i'm sorry league of legends we got like 40 people Mm. um and so you know based on that that pretty much gauges a lot of where we then would put our interest for starters but that is more or less us as member organizations for the most part so like I mentioned, there are a lot of different member organizations within the Federation. Mm. And each one of them is kind of trying to do their own thing, not trying to step on each other's toes because you don't want to be holding the same event the same night between two different places, for example. Yeah. So what we what we worked towards, and it, it was a long road for that, um, was setting up something like that. And... So that's where we currently have smashes almost every other, sorry, every Sunday, except for like when Geek Out happens or when one of the major events are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you have some events happening throughout the week. We had Call of Duty nights. We had Tekken nights. We had um, Brawlhalla nights. And we, this was all in person or online? A mix. Okay. Um, online obviously allowed people from the family islands to jump in. Mm-hmm. Um, in person's made it a little bit harder for that, but sometimes... You would find um, persons having that hybrid version where it's like, yeah, come in person if you're here in Nassau. But if you're on a family, family island, you can jump in too. Okay. Um, so we try to be as open for the entire Bahamas as possible, even with our national qualifiers, which is more what the Federation does. Because while our member organizations really focus in on the national stuff, sorry, the, the local stuff, mm-hmm. We will take that information, build up leaderboards, and keep in mind those persons that are on the top of the leaderboard. But we also open up open qualifiers. So, for example, with Tekken, we had someone go off to Bali, Indonesia, two years ago. Uh, sorry, three, 2021. 2024, yeah. Um, and then 2022, we had the same player won again. And so he went to Yesh, Romania to compete. And this is him going past regionals and into the international stage. The reason why we didn't get further last year is he literally went up against the world's best Tekken player mm. and lost. So, yeah, when, when that happens, is that, yeah. tough break. The reason why we didn't have someone go um, last year is we sent them to... Santiago, Chile, uh, for eFootball. And I swear sometimes these brackets just don't like us because they had us going up against Brazil and Argentina. Two very, very mm. big mm. soccer countries. Mm. Was no way no. We didn't, we didn't go very far in that at all. So question, so some questions I have is, Break down how does someone start a member organization and then join the federation? And then two, how does funding and everything factor in? Like, how do y'all source funding? Is it, do y'all get anything from the government? Do y'all have fundraisers? Do you make it off the events? And then for the trips and things like that. Because you just call it Indonesia, like Bali, Indonesia, and other places across the world. And I know damn plane tickets ain't cheap. They ain't. <laughs> um, so when it comes to funding, mm. it's a little, it's a little different, and I'll break it down based on how you 
you kind of put it. Mm. So from the government, the government offers uh, grants to sports federations and associations that it has approved. We haven't, uh, I think this year was the first year we actually applied. Mm-hmm. So we're not sure how much we're going to get, especially since we're considered developing. Okay. So they ain't going to be developing until someone wins. And then that's a whole other different story. But <laughs> ones like baseball, sorry, more basketball, track and field, yeah. they're going to get the lion's share of whatever the government mm-hmm. gives out. Because those are the ones that we've actually won stuff in. Even now, baseball, though, because we get money. Yeah, because we have in a lot of professional players. So, yeah. And then the baseball is going back into the Olympics. I think, uh, I think 2028 is coming back to the Olympics. Yeah. So, yeah. But it's not so much the pros when it comes to baseball, because baseball is a team-based thing. Yeah. Mm. So even if we have a Bahamian that goes and wins... It's still an individual versus... still an individual versus a Bahamian team going and winning something. Mm. That's what they're really looking at. So if we send a player off and they win the world championship, that's when they'll be like, yeah, let's let's look at this. Mm. But if we send a team and that team wins, that's when. But if it's like we send someone to the MLB and that team wins, no, that's a that's a US team. Mm. In a U.S. league. Mm-hmm. It's a little different. Yeah. Um, funding outside of the government, though. We have tried to have some fundraisers. We had uh, one of our member organizations run that as well for us uh, with just some baked goods mm-hmm. that we used to do. They've since transitioned a little bit because they have some of those same members are working on some of their own projects. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of petered off just a little bit. But um when it comes to sponsorships or mm-hmm. other forms of funding, we've, we're in talks with some uh, entities. I'll put it like that. We're not solvent yet mm-hmm. when it comes to that, mm-hmm. but we have hopes. Okay. Because what I was thoroughly impressed with, with was, la- was it last year, 2022, when the um, Island Royale Tournament at Fusion? Yes. And I know when Fusion first opened, their whole thing was eventually. <laughs> I know you laughing. Because right. when Fusion opened, 2017? Uh, maybe. 2016. They, one of their goals for that center was to host esport and events. Mm-hmm. So to finally see 2017, five years later, they have some semblance of esport, even though it wasn't something that they put on, but more so facilitated. I, I remember very well. <laughs> the, um, the marketing manager at the time for that was actually someone I used to work with at mm-hmm. where I currently work. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying names. Oh, um, if it's the who I think it is. Boy, oh boy. Anyway, um, <laughs> but I, I was able to get a walkthrough mm-hmm. before Fusion was actually opened up. And a lot of our executives at the time were able to take a look around because... They, we were talking about doing stuff in Fusion because of that. Mm. So that was always kind of something that was on the board, mm. uh, but never quite materialized. materialized the way I think they wanted it to materialize. Mm. Um, especially because they have a big focus of wanting it on the big screen. 
And there's there's some work to be done on that, but there's also requirements that they have for something like that as well. Mm. And so it's meeting the, that sweet spot that's a little bit more difficult. Mm. Um, and then there are just other little nuances that I aren't really at liberty to get into. No, no, no understandably <laughs> so. <laughs> but um, I will definitely say that's that's something that I think they they've always had on the. The agenda. Yeah, because they see how like feasible it is. Like, you know, you have events like Evo in Vegas. So it's like, okay, Bahamas, esports, let's see how we can mesh it together. And that's always the thinking behind corporate Bahamas. They're like, okay, how do we use brown Bahamas and fuse it with a particular thing to where we could generate tourism coming here and having the facilities to, you know, accommodate whatever we need to do so yeah it's yeah. it's always awkward in those moments because you will have those entities um and i won't say often but sometimes you'll run into an individual or two that'll be like why should we even bother talking to you guys when we can run it ourselves mm. <laughs> <laughs> No, because the thing about it, even with that, is because um, we I could go from even from the community we active in, y'all not going to these um, conventions and interacting with international bodies like we are. So how would you know if you never been and seen it and participate and talk to the people? Yeah, we're talking to people who are trying to emulate you know, on a first name basis. So how would you steal something that you far removed from, you know? And that's why it fails. And I guess that's why they in the situation they're in right now. Pretty, pretty much. <laughs> let's, let's say I'll give a hypothetical mm. that's stemmed a little bit in reality. Mm. And this is not anything current, mm. but um, we used to have, a partnership with EA, for example, for Apex. Definitely. We were the only organization within the Caribbean Latin Am region that had access to private lobbies mm. for a long time. And so we actually used to run regionals. And we'd, you know, share it out to the entire Apex community across the region because we, like I mentioned, our thing is about building community. Mm. That's what we want. Um so a certain entity had reached out and wanted to know more and wanted, because they wanted us to help them with running an event. Mm. Turns out, even with the proposal that we sent them and everything like that, fully expecting agreements made, you know, we're going to be working together for this, knowing very well we're the only ones that can like, have these lobbies they tried to run it or get things to be run by themselves, leaving us out of it. Mm. Somehow we found out and I just asked, Hey, so what am I hearing about this? And, um, yeah, that didn't work out very well. Apparently, apparently people were fired, mm. uh, but it, it still didn't make a lot of sense mm. because, um, you wouldn't have been able to riot. Yeah. yeah. No, but it's always, it's this need to take glory, bro. 
like, you know, or cut out the middleman or whatever, when it's just, you know, just leave it to the professionals. If I know you are capable of doing X, Y, and Z, why not bring you a part of it? But I think um, in a lot of situations where you come from a culture of, I would say, um, everybody's trying to get instant gratification, but want to seem like the big hero identity without doing the work, then you get situations like that. But then every time you fall flat on your face, when you could have just been like, all right, well, we partnered up with this. This was noble. They did this. We ran everything by the books and you call it a day. Yeah. And that's why I'm glad, like, we're seeing more of that kind of happening now. Mm-hmm. Like, we held our first constituency-based championships last year in Bay and Grantstown. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the first time we anything like that had ever happened. Um, I think within the Bahamas and we actually have two other constituencies that were interested from that. The idea that we have is we want to have constituencies pretty much running their own. Like, I don't want to call Wouldn't they be like a member organization? Or how would yes that differ? Yes and no. Okay. It depends on whether a member organization wants to take on a constituency because mm. we have a lot of constituencies for starters. Mm. Um, and so... The way how we started with this one is we worked with the minister mm. of that area. Okay. And it's the two other areas the ministers came to us. Yeah, I think that's the best way, especially with this new administration. Like when you, I think when you lead in their area first and they see it's effective, they quick to jump on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everyone had a great time at the event. I think that's what really stoked that idea. Like this could work because the kids are just there like in a safe environment playing they typically weren't outside like that, apparently, just like fostering an actual friendship with other people in the area. Mm. So that was a step forward that I think really showed the way forward and that this is not just something where people are at home sitting, just playing by themselves. This can bring forth camaraderie. Mm. It can bring forth terms of skill. It can bring forth creative thinking. Trust me. When you get down to the brass tacks of it, things like this can improve someone's skills, life skills, so much that you just don't even think about it in the grand scheme of things. Like, even when it comes to schools, mm-hmm. um, we've partnered up with NASEF, the North American Esports uh, Scholastic Federation, now the World Esports Scholastic Federation, because They've taken their curriculum and ideas to not just the States. They've worked, they're working with Japan. They're working with Britain. They're working with Africa. They're working with Europe. They're working with different places within South America. And it's all free. They're giving the curriculum for free. They're allowing people to join the clubs for free. We've partnered up with them from years ago. We've been trying to offer their curriculum to the Bahamas. Like, I think we we finally have one school that's wanted to take it on board maybe later on this year. But it's a fight. Even with getting clubs built, mm. it's a fight. Talk about the stigma of people playing video games and being a nerd, geek, weed, whatever you want to call it, otaku. And people sort of have this, I guess, translation of, a. Hey, 
this means that you're a quote unquote loser, even though the biggest nerds made all the tech <laughs> that we enjoy right now. So yeah, speak to that. And then I know um was it who it was? Oh, uh, what's his name? Because I was I was hearing that you guys have approached schools mm-hmm. um and about starting after you knowing clubs or you know, mm-hmm. like you just mentioned, you know, adding this as a part of the curriculum. So speak on those things for me. Okay. Yeah. So stigma. Mm-hmm. I think it's really stemmed a lot in that big nerdy glasses with yeah. tape wrapped around, <laughs> big bow tie, overalls, sorry, not overalls, suspenders, buck teeth, and, you know, frazzled up here. Man. The typical dork the nerd mm. as deemed by the jocks the cool yeah. kids cool, yeah. i think that was the stigma for a long time because everyone saw athletics as if you were into sports mm. you were doing something with your life because that led you into getting scholarships that led you into you know maybe getting signed playing for the big leagues, making those big bucks. Mm -hmm. Mind you, a lot of them ended up in car dealerships, which you still make a lot of money. Yeah. (laughs) But some of them also just ended up not in school. Yeah. Yeah. And there is the old, uh, I shouldn't say old, but the middle-aged adage now of uh, you bullied them back in high school and now they're your boss. Yeah. And that's because brains started to take over as things progressed. So, yes, sports, still cool. But the sports have adopted tech now. Sports have adopted tech. And that wouldn't have happened without the nerds. So there is some synergy starting to happen. And I think that's because people are realizing, you know, for the cool things in life, you need technology. For technology to happen, you need smart people. You need For smart people, you need nerds. Yeah. <laughs> you need the geeks. Yeah. You need the people that are in the books, the bookworms. So they've started to intentionally make their way into the forefront. And that's what where we currently are in today's world. We're a very digital-centric world. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes... Too much of anything is a bad thing. I can say the same thing about sports. You play sports too much, you may end up with a torn ligament or, you know, some muscle broken, I'm sorry, torn, bone broken, so on and so forth. So everything in moderation is what I always tell people. And when you get into gaming, yes, you can game too much, but there's no real thing as gaming too little. So if you want to play on your smartphone a little bit of Bejeweled or Candy Crush or whatever it is, that's still gaming. Trying to get that high score is technically you being competitive. People took, did you know the very first form of esports was actually Tetris? Yeah, because yeah, that was one of like, you know, the Marsley people, things that people played and stuff like that. The first land-based event was Tetris. Mm. Which then was also sponsored by companies like Nintendo. Mm-hmm. They started to take it on and, you know, grow it. There's actually some synergy between anime and gaming. 
And it's not just because we see some anime characters in games. And they never happened before that, though. Nah. It, exactly. Nah. They, Nintendo, anyway, that's a whole other thing. I <laughs> held a whole lecture at that at One Geek Out. I yeah. think they have a video. It's it's somewhere out there. Yeah. Um, but when you really get down to it, when you have people playing games, especially ones that, because now, like I mentioned, we're digital. We can play with other people online. We don't have to just be in our rooms. We can be playing with someone in another room, in another island, in another country, across the world. We can actually be doing things really well. As long as our internet doesn't crap out on us or the power goes off. (laughs) Um, That really supports the idea that, you know, you can do more than just be a loner, which I think was one of the original stigmas. You're always there by yourself. Locked away. Locked away in your cave. Um, No. I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. I'm in a guild with 30 other people. We're playing the game. We're doing things. We're having conversations. It might not be the typical, but camaraderie, communication, community, all the things that really are there in person, except for physical touch, mm-hmm. are there. So I think that's where things started to change because now people didn't feel as alone. They didn't feel as targeted. They didn't start to feel like, ah, and let it really get to them. That people, bullies pretty much, were trying to get to them. They they had someone they could talk to that understood. Or maybe even if they didn't understood, they could take solace in. And it it doesn't always have to be just one person. Like I mentioned, you could have a whole guild, a whole community I'll support you. So you take that and you take it to today Mm. where you quite literally have, I'll use our partner again, NACEF. Mm. They offer community-based things for kids like, you know, Minecraft. Mm. They have worked with Microsoft to create something called Farmcraft. Mm. It pretty much teaches kids how to create agricultural scenarios in biomes, in Minecraft. So how do you grow crops in an arid environment? How do you do it in a swampy environment? How do you do it in somewhere like the Bahamas, where you have a little bit of swamp, a little bit of, you know, good hard rock, a little bit of actual good soil, and then plenty sun and a bunch of salt water around you. So there there are a lot of different things like that that, can then teach kids. So it's not that they're just sitting there playing a game. No, they're actually sitting there playing a game and learning. And that's one of the key things. Not only that, especially when it comes to um, team-based games, like I mentioned before, you're learning a lot of things when it comes to communication, teamwork, leadership, um, discipline, because you can't be there just breaking up your keyboard because you lost something. Yeah. You, or punching the TV. You do something like that. You can't play with your team. You can't play with your team. Yeah. You cost your team. Yeah. Your team is now down a player. There are consequences. In the States, 
um, schools that have adopted these um, principles and, you know, this program, they use the student's GPA to allow them to play in the club. Mm. If you're not making a certain GPA, you can't be in the club. Just like a regular sport. <laughs> Just like a regular sport. Yeah. So you will find that kids will be coming to school more. They'll be pulling up their work. They quite literally call it a chocolate-covered broccoli. Mm. I hate the term because broccoli, they say it's good for you. It's actually not, but that's a whole nother story. Yeah. <laughs> but let's just say chocolate-covered healthy food. Mm. I like that one just a slightly bit more. So, yes, you get something sweet that you can enjoy. But at this nugget, the core... It's something that actually is good for you, that helps you build upon, learn, improve yourself. And at the end of the day, can maybe lead you towards a career for yourself. Because um, I think it was in 2002, we actually just, we worked with girls in ICT and one of the sponsors there. Um, and we set up at their booth to show them that there are literally over 80 different career paths Within esports, just within itself. So if you're interested in video games, there's like 80 different paths. And they're not just based on gaming. Because, yes, you have the players. Mm -hmm. But then who's actually surrounding the players? Coaches, commentators, video casters, broadcasters. The streamers. The streamers. Mm -hmm. You have the managers, the administration, marketing, legal. Sales. Sales. Mm -hmm. Product design. So on and so forth. There are, you build it up, it's a huge network of different things that you can actually have as a career. There are literally esports lawyers that their whole, their main thing is to help esports organizations with the law. Contracts, uh, creating a new business, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, there's a whole avenue that you can get into. So how is that? How have you correlated that to living in the Bahamas? Because people would hear these things and obviously the connected thing is, okay, I hear this mm -hmm. how I do this here. And then obviously one of my answers would be, well, you got to quasi do it here and then go there and then have a relationship to where... You have contacts overseas, but then you could do some of the work locally here. So it's a little bit like that, mm. but you also don't have to be like that. That's the beauty of what happened with COVID. Mm. COVID started a lot of remote work. Mm. And a lot of places you can apply directly as remote work. You just have a Zoom call or Skype call or Discord call or Teams call, whatever you want to be on, because I know people will be on a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, even a WhatsApp call, <laughs> like a video call. Mm. And um, yeah, you can get a job just like that. There's a number of different places that will put up job postings. Um, Hitmarker, for example, they only deal with esports stuff. So any job postings for people in graphic design, um, people that are in sales and operations and this, that, the next. They'll post them on there and they'll say if it's requiring you to be in a certain location or if it's remote. And you can actually sign up for whichever one that you want to actually get notified for. 
Um, but on the other hand, you also have developers here. Like there's actually a group in the WhatsApp community that we have called Bahamas Gamers Gaming Developers. Mm. And I, I don't know if you would have seen the video of a game that was ba- that was designed here in the Bahamas with someone running around on PI Bridge. Yeah. yeah stealing the cars yeah, and yeah, doing yeah. a whole bunch of stuff. So you showed show it to me. Yeah, that you. was made by a Bahamian person. Mm. They're inside that same uh, WhatsApp group. You have a fighting-based one by a different person, but based here in the Bahamas as well, taking things from the Bahamian culture, even collect bottles, and throwing them in... <laughs> you know how people say we we you might know kung fu but we know click sorry kabbalah and karaki <laughs> so, <laughs> so needless to say the bahamian creativity is definitely there you just need to really showcase it and foster it and there are places that you can do that now mind you it may not be somewhere that will hire you necessarily but start a project Put it online. You never know. You may go viral. Someone may pick you up just based on that. Just look at what happened with the the video that I was talking about on PI. That that made waves. Because mm, everybody was like, oh, yeah, how can I play this? But even with that particular thing, um, the next question was, okay, how do I get funding for it? Who would pick it up? How this would be like, you know, translated into sales? How do I get it to the mass market for people to play? And all those different questions. So it really depends on the level that you want to do it. Because you can go as an indie developer. Um, the, the fighting one that I mentioned, that's by an indie developer, CyberFox. Mm-hmm. He's actually put other games on iOS and Android marketplaces. Mm-hmm. Now, he would have had to create his own developer accounts and put it up there. But that's, you know, those games that he put up, he just puts a price on it, and if you are interested, you buy it. Mm. That's one way to start it. You can also put it up on Steam or whatnot as an indie developer. That is how a lot of indie companies will make a game, put it out there, and see how they can do it. But with that, you need to start thinking about how do you get people talking about it. So that same uh, PI Bridge one, Mm. use that example. If they had that fully done and they had then released it and be like, you can play this now on Steam, imagine how many people would have gone to Steam and bought it. I think that. it would have been a bunch of people because because that was the next question. And obviously the person that developed that is a social media influencer. But that hard moment of it here ready, you eat it right now versus couple of years from now, then you have to build up the hype back up. Exactly. Yeah. Things change. Engines change. Look at um, Unreal Engine 5. The graphics that they've been, have changed so much that you can do so much more, make it more realistic mm. versus an older engine. Mm. So let's say they built that on Unreal Engine 5. I don't know which one they did, but let's say it was, sorry, they built it on Unreal Engine 4. The graphics that, and the textures that they'd be able to use for in 5, it might be worth it to have just started on 5 mm. because now you have to upgrade and improve. Otherwise, it's stuck back in those low, slightly lower quality. Mm. Yes, the graphics looked really nice, 
but they could have looked even nicer. Mm. And that's what people are always like, how how can I make this game look nicer? How can this run smoother? How can this da 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 So at the end of the day, I think it's how much you want to invest. And, you know, actually starting with something like that and going to a publisher, an already established publisher, and saying, hey, this is my portfolio. Are you interested? Because that within itself shows a lot of work that you know how to do something. Mm -hmm. For a lot of places, things like that, two, three of those, that proves more than any piece of paper. Mm -hmm. That proves you know how to do this. They don't need to really have to worry about training you with anything. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's, that's how you can get that. Now, funding... That's a little, if you want to go indie, like I mentioned, that's mm. a little bit more. You, you got to work on that one. All right. So talk to me about, because one of the things that people talk about with gaming is how do it translate or what is to, you know, with the whole stereotype of I'm inside, getting fried, eating junk food, like how is the promotion of like actual physical health in this space? Because obviously that's why people don't think about it is sports because you're not actually using your body to get into some physical shape. Yeah. So that is a thing. Mm. Um, you know, there are a lot of people that will just sit there, the keyboard warriors. Mm. They'll just sit there, you know, play, eat junk food. I think there was always the, the mental image of this fat dude or woman, mainly a fat dude, Sitting there with a hand in a bag of Doritos <laughs> and a Mountain Dew on here, and but um, honestly, a lot of gamers typically don't look like that. Just even from onset. Mm. But let's say you are health conscious. You could always start out just by going and touching grass. Yeah. <laughs> and, Touching grass quite literally could mean going outside, going for a short walk, 10, 30 minutes, just walk around your neighborhood. Uh -huh. That's better than just sitting down and, you know, not doing anything all day. And to be fair, a lot of gamers are actually active just during work hours. But granted, there are some that will just be sitting down on their butt all day. Yeah. And that's that's a sedentary office lifestyle. Uh -huh. That's That's a whole other thing. So if you really want to get into it, actually make time and actually go out on a walk. Esports organizations, top tier ones, actually make their pro players go to the gym. Mm. They often will have um, chefs cook meals for their team, and that's what you eat. Mm. Or they'll only have certain things inside. If they have like a gaming house, mm. they only have certain types of foods inside there that you can eat. Anything else, you're not allowed to bring food in. You're not really allowed to bring certain things in. So you're granted, yes, sometimes there are sponsorships inside there. And those sponsorships may not be the most healthy, mm. which is why, again, everything in moderation. Mm. You can't be chugging down like five Red Bulls <laughs> yeah. in a day. Yeah. And then be like, you know what? I feel like my hand's shaking. <laughs> Well, I wonder, I wonder where is that coming from? Nah, drink some water. 
have an energy drink when you're feeling really low. Get yourself back up. Sure. One. Not much more than that. Within a day. And... I wouldn't even recommend a date. Yeah. Even though I was literally about to say, don't do that even so often. Like, I wouldn't even recommend that to be period, bro. (laughs) I mean, I know there's some moments you may need a little pick me up. I've literally heard arguments from people for things like G Fuel Mm. and why they feel so enticed by G Fuel. Mm. It's like, oh, but it tastes so good. And all oh, these ingredients. And, and granted, it's not just G Fuel. It's other energy drinks. It's yeah. other powders. It's other things. You're going to find similar arguments for people that go to the gym. Mm. Yeah. And the supplements that they're taking. There's always going to be some arguments over mm. what is being put in mm. my body. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you want to get into a more competitive thing, I do highly suggest... Work out a little bit, eat better. You're going to find it's going to clear your mind. Even if you just take and you'd be like, oh, well, I could do that with meditation. Sure. Take mm-hmm. your 10, 30 minute meditation. Mm-hmm. That, that will help. Sure. That may help you figure out some things in your life. Just that silence. Unless the silence is what's. I mean, all else fails. Yeah. <laughs> the we was the we and the Wii U were special, mm. very special. I love them. Connect as well, uh, but those companies have decided that they weren't going to continue for whatever reason. And yes, I guess people are now into VR. Yeah, but um, it's not the same thing. And That's touching grass, real grass. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the Switch is there as well. But even with the Switch, it's not grasping you the same like those Wii Chucks. Yeah. They had you working. They had you believe you was working. Like, Nintendo came up with an actual exercise game. Mm -hmm. I I literally have at home the wheel that they had that you would pair up with your system and you'd push into it. You'd lift it. You would do a bunch of things, and that had resistance inside of it. And, you know, it counted things that you would do. You could play this game as much as you wanted. You can set the level difficulty. So, technically, you were working out playing with playing a game. Mm-hmm. If that was definitely your thing, and it was for me, go for it. Mm. So, tell me about how has the gaming community embrace the whole gaming community and what has been like the feedback from the community you know have you over the years you've seen how it's grown and you know people that you may have known when they were small, younger kids now like taking their own particular leads within the community and you know just the overall perception uh yeah so i guess i could lead off with like my wife's uh, nephew and niece, mm-hmm. so my nephew and niece. Um, my niece, she's like 13, mm-hmm. and she's playing games that I found, I didn't know she was into, like Overwatch. Mm-hmm. I love Overwatch. And um, I actually used to run Overwatch Sundays and Saturdays. Saturdays would be on PC, Sundays would be on console. And just, you know, if you're a behemoth that you wanted to play, jump on. 
But um, I found she was into it. She played competitive, and so I'm I'm pushing her to get into that mm-hmm. just a little bit more. But focus on school. School always. That's that's your make or break. Mm-hmm. But on the other term, my uh, my nephew, mm-hmm. he's now off in college, and I as of last Sunday, yeah, last Sunday, found out that in his school he actually qualified, and he's now in a team for Overwatch as the sub tank. Mm. So, I mean, it hasn't started for him yet, but literally that someone very close to me that I didn't know about, they're now getting into it. Mm-hmm. Then you have people that, of course, may not be playing, but their sons and daughters are, mm-hmm. the parents. And they're like, well, I don't want my kid to just be wasting their life. So I explained to them, there are career paths, and they don't have to be just in playing the game. They could be developing the game. They could be working on something completely different. A marketing game. We'll have a podcast about the game. There, Broadcasting the game. There yeah. are games about making games. Yeah. About yeah. making, about doing marketing for games. There yeah. are games literally about building computers that teach you how to build a computer. Or just even the streaming element. Like streaming is big and that's all you're doing is watching somebody play. Exactly. Yeah. Voice acting, all of that. Writing. Yeah. All of that. And it's all needed. Mm. Especially as the world continues to move into digital, as we move into AI, as we move into this, you need people to actually be able to design these things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, gaming is playing games, but it's also technology at the end of the day. And if a game can then lead someone into developing themselves into STEAM, which is science, technology, engineering, arts, and math, originally it was just STEM. Mm-hmm. Then that's a whole career path yeah. that you can take. Because everybody pushing, there's people are making arguments of where, you know, we need to start teaching kids how to code in, in school. How how do you think games are made? Exactly. Programming, yeah. code. That's literally how everything, the websites they are run on that people have to log into to actually buy the games, to sign up for them, to redeem codes, to do the marketing. Things for the servers. Things on how the characters are actually looking. Everything is based on code mm-hmm. and design, art. Mm-hmm. So I would say the community overall has started to get more involved, for mm-hmm. starters. And it's starting to be accepted. But at the same point, you will often find someone that still is a little bit not quite ready to accept it. And I remember that because I was on a radio show talking about esports. Mm-hmm. Um, and someone called in. Oh, no. <laughs> you know what they say? Oh, man. And they were like, well, what about gun violence? Uh... And in my head, I'm like, I knew this one was coming. <laughs> Every time. And I had to point out, you know, there's actually been multiple studies that prove there's actually no correlation between gun violence and video games. No violence in the whole. No violence on a whole. If anything, it often detracts 
because any frustrations or stress that most people have, they get out in the game. They don't feel the urge, and they, they even ran studies with people that play. Like, do you ever feel the urge to do all these things in real life? No. They could be doing all kind of foolishness on the game, but put them in the real life scenario. Hmm. The humanity is there. It's not trying to go into any form of depravity. And what do you say to people that saying that people lean too much on video games to escape reality instead of deal with it? You know, that was actually asked to me as well on a first radio show. Because I know they always lead up with that whole, it always goes back to the whole disassociation, the I'm by myself in the room alone type of thing. You know, sometimes it's, it actually does happen. Yeah. It, some people look to these things for an escape from the real world. And you know what? That is absolutely fine. Mm. Because guess what? Before video games, it was books. Yeah. Before books, it was watching sports. Before that, you know, it was probably watching people kill each other. Mm. Back in the gladiator rings and stuff like that. Mm. So I think we've come a long way, especially when you consider where the Olympics started, mm. which were a form of showing dominance over another country without actually having war. Mm. But things are still a little gruesome back then. Yeah, so sure. I would say our escapism, escapism, you know what? It's not a bad thing. And literally, I <laughs> I saw an article mm. about a teacher just this past week that was using a video game to teach his students history. Any guesses to what video game that was? Um, Assassin's Creed? Assassin's Creed. Yeah, I was either going to say that on what? Not Art of War. Um, Civilizations or what? What Kratos is from? God of War. God of War. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that can teach us some mythology a little mm. bit, but I would say the uh, Assassin's Creed team has put a lot of over over the years. Mm. They've put in some amazing work into the historical relevance and like fact checking mm. as they build out these worlds. Yes, they'll embellish some stuff, especially in their more recent titles where they actually have like mythology kind of coming into play mm. but how these places looked how they ran uh the foods they ate all the kind of stuff here's something there's one game from assassin's creed that is rated the best assassin's creed do you know which one that is no i don't think it's black flag right it's black flag, black flag? do you know where black flag is based on no i didn't play it the Bahamas. Oh, wow. They have pirates and everything like that inside there. They had something based on here. Hmm. A lot of Bahamians don't know that. No, that, that, this is new news to me. I know they had a pirate one, but I didn't know it was based on here. Yeah. yeah. Well, I can see that because this was a pirate haven. Yeah. It so, was one of the pirate havens. Yeah. So. And you made no cameo on it? 
Remember the last name? <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. I was a I was a fledgling back then. I didn't have my seaworthy legs on my eye patch. But um, no. There's there's so much that can be used from this. Yeah. And going back to the original topic of escapism, sure. Why not escape into history? Mm. I spoke upon um, escapism on one of my other podcasts when after my contour last year, I just seen thousands and thousands of people save up all their money to uh, just escape for three, four days Mm -hmm. and take a trip back down their childhood just to get a break from reality. And it's like, you know, I think that's the most general desire most people want, like just an escape you know, we do that through uh, every form of media, whether it be we watching sports or watching entertainment on television and other media. Um, and camera is just one of them. Like, okay, I can sit down. You know, take you watching them nights, them sleepovers when you used to have the Nintendo 64 and you had the four player and you always play Mario Party or some other like multiplayer game, you know. And he was up all night. <laughs> I remember Super Smash being one of the first ones that I probably played like that. Man. Not in Mario night. Kart. Yeah. You up all night with your cousins or friends just playing. And that was the best of times, even though it was the most simple of times. And I think that's that feeling is all what anybody's trying to get back to. Yeah. I agree. Um, I know a lot of people only know me for... Gaming, but I actually used to go on cons. I go to cons as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually used to go to the one of the bigger anime conventions, Otacon in Mal- no, Maryland, Baltimore. Yeah, uh, Baltimore, Maryland. Um, and I went there as media as well, so I used to get into a lot of the back end stuff. Mm-hmm. But I just personally, yeah, it's escapism. But I honestly love the people. Yeah, the, the community. And sometimes you will find people that will give you the weird eye. It's like, because sure, you'll have some people dressed up in cosplay mm. and then some people aren't. Yeah. And I had a, like a group of friends, some of them in cosplay, some of us not. And we were actually in an elevator. And this old dude just started looking at one of my friends and starts talking to me like, what do you think about this? Is this so, isn't this all so weird? And I'm like, so, uh, Sky, how are you feeling about this? And he, the, the, the look of the color just draining from this man's face. Priceless. No, I, I, I feel like I've been in situations like that. Like, you know, um, because when you're in a space, again, thousands of people, so I feel like you're on a different planet. Yeah. And it's like everybody is free flowing. Oh, are you excited about this? It's almost like I'd say it's the grass you until like you used to have in primary school. You get that feeling again. And then you're not to be in cosplay or whatever, but hey, we go into this plan. We about to play this game. And like, you know, again, relive that late at night four player moment where you just talk and play this game until the sun come up. Yeah. And that's all that anybody wants to the good old days. <laughs> I know for some of us that are actually in gaming, those arcades. Yeah. Like for a lot of us, that's still somewhere in the back of our heads for those of us that are old enough to still even remember them. Yeah. Because we don't have anything like that today. I know there's some places that try to recreate it, but 
it, it's, it's definitely not the same. feasible. Yeah. No. Um, and so sometimes they'll, that's, that's one of the reasons why things like the land parties exist. Mm. So you'll have people meeting up every Sunday for smash. You'll have people going off to events like what's happening later on this year. People are going to Florida to go to one of the bigger, um, video game competitions. Mm. To play and you know showcase the Bahamas and their their how good they are versus the world, and other places like that. That's one of the reasons why we do what we do for the federation. Mm. But people go to these things. I would say is yeah you you have a hobby you have a passion mm. you always want to you know get that out there however you can, as long as it's not like hurting anybody. Yeah. And I think there's nothing wrong with loving these things once you hurt nobody. I'm like, let me enjoy me. Exactly. Let me express myself. Get out all of these, this angst and grievances that I have with the world and life. You know? Let me ask you a question. Mm. Do you think there's anybody going after bottle ship makers? You know, the people that have no. those bottles no. and they have the ships and they're just... And this is what time. I discussed in the last episode. There's no such thing as no adult hobbies, bro. Because people would say, okay, games are for children and all this other stuff. But it's like, damn, you need money to buy these things. You don't get enough. <laughs> like, you know, you don't have like, you know, not residual income, but disposable income to, as a kid coming up. So adults are buying these things. You wouldn't chastise me for collecting paint. Or go into a convention to buy them. Right. So, you know. No. But it's like this new age thing because those, a bottle ship, a ship and a bottle thing is probably something that's over 100 years old. And because these things are new, people don't understand and they judge it because they don't understand. That's why we have what we have right now. But, yeah. you know, I like, that's why I like being with my fellow Geeks, weebs, otakus, nerds. Because you we get it. And it's us versus them. And we in the era of the revenge of the nerd. Because it's like, of course. you know, everybody, the nerds are the cool kids now. And everybody. Now, you, I don't think, even back to your whole statement with the jocks. The jocks playing games now. They are. When, they, when they play on the court or on the field, I back at the hotel playing this. Like. So, here's an example. NBA 2K. Yeah. Or FIFA or um, Madden. But here's the thing. Yeah. 2000, I think it was 2022. I could be wrong with my dates. Mm. But we actually partnered up with the Bahamas Basketball Federation. Mm. They were hosting an event at Aquinas inside their auditorium. Loyola. Called the Caribbean Tip-Off. Mm. Teams from all across the Caribbean and even some um, United States places were sending their, you know, high school teams to compete. Mm. And we were like, how could we help? We were in the foyer with NBA 2K setups while the actual, while the players were inside there. People that came to watch them would come and play NBA 2K right there. The players came out and played NBA 2K right there. The coaches walked out, watched everyone playing, and you just saw the biggest smiles on their faces. Yeah. Because they're seeing, hey, maybe there's something to this. Because you have little kids, you have girls, 
you yeah. have women, you have boys, you have men. The whole gamut is sitting right there, playing, having fun with a sport mm-hmm. that's literally happening right less than 20 to, feet away. Yeah. And that, that, that just goes to show you. Well, you're going to get with it or get lost. Before we wrap up, talk about the whole partnership with the Geek Out and how, I guess, this amalgamation. Because I always like to say the four, like, you know how in Avatar you have the four elements? Like, you have the four elements of Geek Out. You have gaming. You have the vendors. You have the artists. You have the cosplayers. And then it's just this convergence of all these things in one place makes everything just overflow and like you know with this cross-sectional type of thing everybody gets the best of both of all worlds i should say so talk to that you know so uh i think i started to allude to it a little bit earlier Mm. on Mm. when i was talking about the reason why i even built the discord Mm. which you know gaming anime and community and everything in be- like in between. So when I first heard about Geek Out, mm. I think they were back in the co um, co sharing space in Palmdale. Yeah, um, venture. Yeah, venture. Yeah, venture. Yeah, co share. Um, so I was like, you know what? This is pretty much what I'm trying to work towards. Let me go there and see. Uh, how I could help out, how, you know, we can maybe partner up, get things working. Cause I love the idea of, especially a mini con. Like I mentioned, mm. I used to have to go away to cons and I went away almost every year for like five years. Yeah. I even used to cosplay. Yeah. So. Oh, you say you used to cosplay? Yeah. Oh, this is powerful. <laughs> <laughs> can you guess who? What, Jack Sparrow? I was gonna say <laughs> Ironically enough, there were enough of those. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially with their jot of dirt. Uh, um would it be oh, yeah. mine listen. I feel my, like my mind ran into me. A friend of mine before we started recording was like, yo, give me a suggestion to watch your cost, but I'm like, bro, it's the operators are endless. Yeah, like What's, what's some of your favorite fandoms? So, back then, uh, I'll give you a guess. It was Bleach and Naruto. That's okay, so you used to probably, um, not Minato, um, Shikamaru? Nope. Um, and then Bleach, what would it be? Yeah, I ain't a too big Bleach. Ichigo? No. no. I, I didn't want to have to bleach my hair. Yeah. I, I I'm not a huge beat bleach man, but um, if it's from Naruto, would you incorporate your hair within? It? If I would what? Would you incorporate your hair like your long hair into the cosplay? Or I did, but I didn't do much with it. I kind of left my hair as it was back then. Who would it be? Because it ain't Shikamaru, uh, Sasuke. You know, I can see why you would go there, but no. Okay. But uh-huh. it, it's a similar type of character. Would it be Tachi? No. Um, Lupin. 
I am trying pain. to find a photo. Really the pain. It wouldn't be Obito or probably Madara. I like how he's still sticking with Naruto though. Okay, no, you said okay because I know too much Bleach characters. I know they nail it. Like if I see them, I'd be like, okay, I know this character is from Bleach. I wouldn't remember that name, but it probably has to be some Soul Reaper or um, part of Espada. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I used to play cosplay Ishida. Who do you? I don't know. The, but that's the one who have the knot underneath. The no. knot? No, who ties the hair in one and have the hair in one. No. Give me the old man. No. Okay. Let me see if I can. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, oh, what did you say the name was? Ishida. Ishida Uryu. Okay, I can sort of see with the glasses and main protagonist. Okay. Yeah, because I heard of Otakon last year. I think Ringo, maybe. I think Ringo working at Otakon this year. Yeah, I think she said that. Yeah. And I, yeah for my series, I love watching like the cosplay highlight reels from these different cons. So, you know, it looked like you had a good old judge. But yeah, I think the goal was to bring again, we see it done over this in the US. So why not we can do it here? Sell exactly. Brand Bahamas with whatever we interested in. Y'all always encouraging foreign um entities to do things here. Why not these other things? What people may think is super niche, but are billion dollar industries. Exactly. So, you know, and it ain't like, oh, because it's always just thinking behemoths don't do this and behemoths don't do that when they do. All right, they want to do it. Hold on, which one? Oh, this one you was in your hair was shorter? Bro, you didn't even know that was him. I was like, like, what was that just said? But yeah, uh, that's that's a little crop from. Uh, uh, there were oftentimes like bigger cosplay group photos and stuff like that. So I love the meetups too. I think like even sometimes when they having tournaments and you see you sit in the crowd and you just hey the big speakers and the commentator. Ah, can we have it? Those experiences on a daily basis. So we have to wait. For two, one or two moments per year. I don't think people want more than that, to be honest. That's true. Because you, you can get burned out. Yeah. And so I think having it one or two moments, or every so often, mm. is actually a good thing. Mm. Because not not only that, it gives you time to build on something yeah. that you may want to like present. Mm. You can't just keep running with the same cosplay, for example. Yeah. You want... Two, three times, maybe. But mm. after that, you're going to want to be someone Something completely else. different. Nah. Otherwise, you're just stagnating your own creativity. Mm-hmm. So from there, you know, we worked with Geek Out. Mm. We, seed, we saw how best we could actually start working together. Um, we tried to tie our communities together as well as possible. Anytime they run an event, I put the information inside the Discord. Um, they're a part of the overall community that mm. we have on WhatsApp. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's been 
five years. Well, more than five years now. Yeah, it's been it's been a really long time, and it's and it's been growing, growing, growing. But yes, exactly. every time I walk, walk through the doors, they came in. But section is always park, mm-hmm. and everybody be like, where everybody is. Even when I host. Because <laughs> I be jamming on this pitch and then they be fudging. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, all right, well, you know, people come here to enjoy whatever they want to enjoy. And, and we glad we all in one space because it helps. It helps the overall product and helps expands everybody and anybody can take whatever they want from it, you know. But what are some final remarks that you would like to leave us so what's what's next for you and the federation so what's next for me is well i've got a lot of stuff happening in my life i got a little one on the way so mm-hmm. congratulations like i mentioned yeah. but thank you um i have to plan my time wisely mm-hmm. so with that we with the federation have been expanding mm-hmm. our volunteers and our community, our committees. So we have some new blood inside there working on stuff. We have a number of people that have reached out that want us to run events at venues or for them. And so we're looking at a lot of that. Plus we have our own national qualifiers for different things that we need to run throughout the year. So for example, we have a month that we have planned that's gonna be FGC fighting game based. A game, a month that's going to be focused on sports, a month that's going to be focused on this, that's that, 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 that. And we have to coincide that with what's happening in the world um, that's, you know, higher than us. So, for example, we put out something for Mobile Legends Bang Bang, which is a mobile game. It's it's very similar to League of Legends, but you play it on your mobile device. And we we have some people that we've now... uh, from those that showed that they were interested, we were pulling together a team to then send off to uh, Brazil, Rio, de Janeiro. And they're going to be playing for the regionals. Mm. We have someone for, well, we're going to be picking people for eFootball as well and sending them there as well. If they do well there, they'll be heading over to uh, most likely Saudi Arabia for the World's Esports Championships. Oh, well. There's another set of travel that's also probably going to happen. We don't know the titles for that one yet. Mm. Um, so I can't really speak to where or what. But that's that's really our thing. Like, we we want to help make the Bahamas be known. We don't want to be like how we were with sports before the Golden Girls. Mm. We want post-Golden Girls. We want post-Golden Knights. Mm. We want us. We want y'all to know who we are. Mm. But how you describe the organization, the BESF, is like sound like a very well and primed oil machine. We could always do with some fresh blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll put it like that. Okay. So we have different committees: marketing, content creation, uh, education, finance, general sec, events. Um, people that are supposed to be working for the community managers or as community managers. So let's say, you know, you have an interest in a particular game that, you know, you, you see that we haven't started focusing on. If you are willing to lead, we are willing to enable you mm. and help build that community along with you. 
so that we can actually put that effort out there and make it a thing, much like what I did with my communities. So, yeah, um, we we have a number of different positions. It's it's really and truly just what people are interested in doing. We even have stuff in promotion. Sorry, not promotion, production. Mm-hmm. We have stuff if you know content creators you're interested. We even have a streaming directory just where you know you could sign up and say, "I'm a Bahamian streamer," and then you get listed on our website for starters about what you're interested in, where people can find you, which has led to. Uh, certain cooperations, reaching out to certain individuals for things that, you know, they felt that they were a good fit for. And if you're inside the Discord and you sign up for the uh, stream role, Mm. you get pinged when someone goes live. So you can always watch someone that's a Bahamian playing. Mm. So. Well, Michael, this has been a great conversation and has broadened my insights on Bahamian gaming at large and i thank you for coming and gracing us on tool for cartoons i mean this was a little bit a serious and informative episode not our usual you know antics and things like that but you know the information and the insight was much appreciated thanks for having me on of course and for y'all y'all actually give us all your contacts and where we can find everything the discord social media, emails, and all that stuff? So our website is besf242.org. And from there, you'll find a lot of our contacts. But on Facebook, we're besf242. So facebook.com slash besf242. Twitter, it's or X. It's <laughs> twitter.com slash besf242. Uh, on Twitch, we're just twitch.tv slash besf. We were actually able to get that one. YouTube is youtube.com slash at BESF. We will get that one too. Mm-hmm. Um, Instagram, instagram.com slash BESF242. And if you want to find the Discord, BESF242.org slash Discord. And if you want to join the WhatsApp, it's BESF242.org slash WhatsApp. If you want to reach out to me personally, you can reach me at my BESF email contact at M-A-R-M-O-G-A-N at BESF242.org. And from there, or you just want to reach anyone at the uh, Federation, it's contact instead of my name. That's a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again for joining us on Tool for Cartoons. We can see y'all later. <laughs> Fire. Watching cartoons separates you from others. <laughs>